missed his chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Pirlo, 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 ancora, Pirlo, di tacco, tiro, episode 15 andrew santo and joe as always please everyone you know like and subscribe on youtube hit the like button get all the updates and all the breaking news coming to you from footy fans helps the page helps the channel helps us get our name out there and uh get some more exposure yeah. you know how it is 2021 yeah. if you don't know how youtube works by now then like what yeah. are you doing yeah welcome everyone um so we both also all Three of us had a busy schedule over the yep. weekend. That's why we're recording this one on Tuesday night. Uh, episode will come out Wednesday morning, midday, uh, yep. depending on when the the, the uh, wizard gets gets our video out there on YouTube, and also on all other pl- uh, podcast platforms. You know, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify as well. So, with midweek um, podcasts coming out, we had some midweek games too that we'll have to talk about later on. But uh, the bulk of the discussion will always be on the weekend matchups that took place, and we had a you know a pretty trendy topic this <laughs> yeah. weekend. Yeah, One. PKs, <laughs> PKs. Everyone got a PK. Seriously, and actually, top four: City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool, all scoring PKs. Sometimes more than one mm-hmm. in one game, which we'll talk about definitely later. Um, but you know, we'll start at the top of the table as always, Man City versus Wolves. Uh, one no victory for City. I think the biggest talking point from this game was the yellow and red cards dished <laughs> yeah. out by uh, John Moss <laughs> Ra- in yeah. the first uh, first half. There, I don't know what <laughs> Raul Jimenez was thinking. Um, it's just weird. Like, I don't understand how like you're a pro and you just like obviously it's like a lapse of judgment. Yeah. Um. It's just so strange to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it happens. He just puts his hand on on his head. It's like, oh no, what I do? It's like, like what the heck? Yeah, and he was like very surprised after. Well, <laughs> maybe not surprised. Just the look on his face had an element of shock. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a rule that's been pretty strictly followed. Um, so especially just getting a yellow card, the fact that he just didn't move from the ball. And made it really easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so obvious. Like, yeah. I have you have to give him a yellow, mm-hmm. <laughs> otherwise you're just not, you know, following the rules. Just super weird. I mean, do you think there's that was a situation where maybe um, he could have got a talking to, and saying like, "Hey, I don't listen, think you just got a not yellow. not at that point in the match." I know? mean, it's so. <laughs> if that was in the first like five minutes, obviously then. I would see John Moss pulling him aside and saying, "Hey, like, smart up, like, don't do that." Mm-hmm. And he's a striker too, right? He's not like he's like a midfielder who's like winning, yeah, battles like throughout the game or is going to be in that many tussles mm-hmm. throughout I mean, the match. Yeah, 
So I think like obviously being in the forty fourth minute, whatever it was, to get the first yellow, enough game has gone by mm-hmm. where he can make that challenge. I mean, you guys know that you guys know that move <laughs> a lot or know that move well by pulling the defender back or the midfielder back. You know, like once they win possession, mm-hmm. that's a yellow card every every day of the week. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, he can't. The ref can't not give a yellow for the uh, like the ball infringement. I mean, yeah, because then City's gonna be like, that's uh, that's a yellow card. Every like, there's no gray area about mm-hmm. that. You know, it's not like he's on a yellow. He goes into like a dodgy challenge. The rest of them talk to like, hey, calm down. You're on a yellow. It's like that. Yeah, that that's just a yellow card in the rule book. So <laughs> you can't really just <laughs> ref's discretion just to not give a second yellow on that one's. I don't think applicable. But. Having like happening in that quick succession is just what's crazy. It's just so like, weird. It's literally the exact. It's following the foul he just committed. Yeah, and then that's where the second yellow comes from. Yeah. Like you said, like lapse in judgment. Mm-hmm. That's probably the case. But you're professional, man. Like, you can't be doing that. That's that's literally amateur stuff. Yeah, like you would see that on like the Sunday afternoon match, where a guy's mm-hmm. just trying to be a dick and yeah. just trying to block the ball. I mean, the stakes are a lot higher than this than on mm-hmm. a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very interesting. Never seen it before. <laughs> In that <laughs> quick succession. No, really for, yeah, not. For that kind of uh, situation. Which, which is kind of unfortunate because Wolves were like holding City up to that point. Um, and I think this, I've said this before, but when City struggle to break down a team, I feel like if it too much time has passed, they go into a bit of a panic mode. And they just, you know, try. It's like banging their head against the wall. It's like we're doing Pep system, and it's like not working, not working. And then, but you know, finally, <laughs> they get a goal from a PK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, first, yeah. first PK, first PK about. of the day. Yeah, first of many. <laughs> City against Wolves. Um, I mean, this will probably be like a reoccurring question throughout the whole podcast, but deserving, yes or no? I think so. I mean, the like. I think any point when you're defending and, you know, a ball's coming at you and you raise your hand above your head, it always bears the question, like, why is your hand there? It really has no purpose being there. Yeah. You know, if, you know, I guess that's part of why the rule's there, being in a natural position, because if it's in an unnatural position, you are impeding play. So there's really not any reason why a player has to put their arm up. Mm -hmm. Um Maybe you can make the argument that he was protecting his face, and the only way he could protect his face was uh, putting his entire arm up. But I, don't know. I mean, when it's above, when the arm's above your head, like you can go like, yeah, you know, yeah. his arm's like fully raised. Uh, yeah, up, it's like, always straight up in the air. It wasn't like it wasn't like he was blocking his yeah. jaw or something. It's mm-hmm. always asking for trouble if the if your hands above your head. Yeah, it's almost always asking for trouble. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's like as far as away from your body as it can be, instead of keeping it tucked mm-hmm. and still trying to protect yourself. So yeah. Yeah, I think deserving. To be honest, I know we'll get into the other ones, but I think all of them were oddly deserving. But just is what it is. Yeah, it's not very common that we take the side of the referees. In, in I bar, know <laughs> uh, many times, but in this one, I think it was Jamatino was the defender on the play, and he was trying to argue that it was hitting like his like, mm-hmm. abdomen or mm-hmm. not abdomen, but his like rib cage area or like his armpit. Which I mean, still like that's a pretty sketchy spot mm-hmm. to say that that's where it hit you because like last time i checked your armpit is part of your arm yeah like it's got to hit part of your arm for it to be able to hit him there yeah and ricochet the way that it did yeah um and if it if it was gonna hit only your armpit or your rib cage area 
why didn't you just keep your arm tucked in and it would have hit your shoulder exactly, and yeah. not have been a PK? I mean, it yeah. happened actually later on in the, in the match. I think it was Bernardo Silva or something had a shot, and another player from uh, from Wolves like slid out to defend the ball, and he like he tucked his arms into his body and it hit him like square in the chest. Mm-hmm. But it was against his forearm, mm-hmm. yeah. but it was like tucked into his body. So, I mean, yeah. clearly, if you position your arms in a non-vulnerable way mm-hmm. yeah. and it still strikes you in the arm, then yeah, you can probably get away with it. But like when your arm is like straight up, yeah, pointed to the sky. And it catches your arm in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it's just—I'm surprised it goes to VAR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's not many. Uh, it probably won't be overturned many times. So no. Uh, rightfully awarded. Uh, Raheem Sterling kind of surprised actually. That Sterling was the one that was taking his PK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because actually, he wasn't one involved for the uh, England national team. Yeah. He wasn't one of the PK takers in the in the Euro. So kind of surprised that he took the ball for this one. But uh, he converted down the center of the net, his yeah. 100th uh, Premier League goal. Yeah, good for him. Mm-hmm. A, between City and uh, Liverpool. So Massive, massive goal for him. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but back to that PK, it kind of reminds me of Boateng in Euros. I don't know if you guys remember that, when he's coming in, uh, defend, or forwards in front of him. And I don't know what he was doing, but the, the ball was coming into the, to the forward in the air. Uh, and he just goes in with both his arms above the forward, like stretched oh, out. Oh yeah, like yes. Yeah. <laughs> so jumps in the air, basically does like a like come pick me up with both his hands up <laughs> over the forward, and it hits his hand. Um, it's like yeah, there's never any reason to put your hands on your head. I remember that. That was so. Funny. What Euro was that? I, I forget if it was Euro or the World Cup, but if you're dropping oh. a Boateng, that's got to be like Euro twenty. 12 or something. Uh, yeah, I think something like that. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyone who's interested, look at Boateng handball in Euro World Cup. I think this is uh, the first drone Boateng mention in all of Premier League podcasts. Yeah, I think, I think it is. <laughs> uh, just came to mind. Because, yeah, like there's there's no reason ever. And it's it's going to be awarded every single time. <laughs> um, so, you know, big win by, by City. A game that they, again, were probably destined to win and meant to win. Yep. Uh, the only thing I'll take away from that is just it's another game where City dominates the play mm-hmm. in all facets and still won a victory. And yeah. it was relied on a PK. Mm-hmm. Not a questionable one, but it was a 66-minute PK where, you know, by the 66th minute in Man City standards, they probably would have the game, like, signed, sealed, delivered by that point, you would think. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just another one where they just don't seem comfortable enough to, to score. And I know we'll get into the Leeds game that took place today, which is going <laughs> to stomp. stomp that theory. Gonna, I'm, I'm stomping my own theory about what we're going to talk yeah. about later. But I'm just saying in, in relation to this game, um, against a, a Wolves side who is coming up a little bit, they obviously had a struggle to the start of the season. But coming into this game, they were sitting in a top 10 position. But still, it's a game that City would want to you know, take full advantage of and dominate and just make an easy, clean victory out of this game. Yeah. Um, even with, you know, Champions League matches that occurred midweek, um, they still had a lot of the starters playing this game. Zinchenko actually made an appearance this game, which we haven't seen in him in a while. Mm-hmm. But from City's standards, we would think that they would win this game handily. Um, you know, 3-0, 3-1, whatever it is. Yeah. So is this, is this just another... Another match where we're looking at City saying that they need somebody else, like another piece of the puzzle, or yeah, I mean it's like you keep saying it's like they're missing a striker because I'll say <laughs> I say it almost every week they can probably win the league without a number nine, 
But if too many teams stay organized, like Wolves did for a lot of the game, if enough teams do that, they're really going to get frustrated. And there's going to be a situation like this where they have to scrap out a win with PK. It's not always going to happen that you're going to get those draws. So you do need that number nine that can make something out of nothing. That's the one thing they don't really have in their team. They're all technically amazing, like best players in the world, play well together, can break down teams. But I I don't see someone that can just make something out of nothing unless De Bruyne's snipping from outside the 18. You Which know? hasn't happened in, in yeah. recent yeah. Except weeks for, or years. Except for today. Against Leeds. Well, we'll talk about <laughs> Besides that later, the Leeds Joe. game. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there's obviously such a such a quality side and mm-hmm. again like we always pick in like we we pick and dissect the best teams because they have such small flaws mm-hmm. but when they keep happening and like reoccurring week after week it's like it's becoming more not not just a flaw but it's becoming more of like a trend that we're seeing mm-hmm. where it's like city just can't put away teams like what they like what they used to do and when i say what they used to do i'm talking about like when they had aguero in the side where you yeah. looked at him every single time and it's like this guy is our number nine. Yeah. But like he rocked number ten, but he was like, Oh no, like the the striker for the team. Yeah. Or you can count on him for thirty goals. Mm-hmm. They haven't had a thirty goal scorer in since Aguero. I know. Everyone just <laughs> everyone just hits like a handful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, everyone like, on you the get, team. You get peace players, right? You get De Bruyne putting in eight. You get you know, Mar is putting in 13, uh, Sterling 12. You know, it obviously, like, it adds up, and it's it's great to have. But if everyone's not clicking, mm-hmm. like, that game, or if, if something happens, like, for a couple of weeks where everyone's just not gelling properly, it can become an issue. Yeah. Like, if you don't have, like, one source where you know they're going to score all the time, it's difficult. Like I look at, the, I think my biggest comparison, because he's probably been the most informed striker in the last five years, Lewandowski with mm-hmm. Bayern Munich, it's like you know he's gonna score. Yeah. When he plays. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't know if he's literally averaging like a goal a game. That'd be super impressive. But it's like whenever you see Bayern Munich play or highlights from them or a score sheet, Lewandowski always seems to be on there and he just puts away goals in every possible way. City doesn't have that kind of player. Yeah. Where it's like you see week in, week out the same names on the score sheet. It's always somebody different. Or it's always somebody just kind of coming out of the clouds, and it's like, oh, this guy scored for us. Like that was huge. Yeah, it's like Rodri scored. It's yeah, like, oh, exactly. Okay. <laughs> like, Rodri. Like, <laughs> okay. I mean, the the goals that Rodri has scored this season, they haven't been like crucial. I don't think in the score line as much because mm-hmm. like when he does score, it's like a four 0 victory over like Everton or something. Yeah, yeah, and scores like a banger from outside the box. Yeah, I mean quality <laughs> goal, but I mean it's not like a decisive goal where it's like, oh wow, we were trailing and we needed Rodri to score for us. Um. But I, I just don't know if they, if that's going to bite them in the ass in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we'll see again. Like once it comes to January, if they do pull any uh, pull any strings and and make a big signing. But yeah, I mean they're obviously comfortable comfortable right now with where they're at. They're mm-hmm. top of the table for a reason. Yeah. Um, and honestly, yeah. Sorry, I, I I hope Grealish it does start working for him because I honestly think he's getting like a lot of slack for not performing too well. And I think he's been playing pretty well outside of his finishing because obviously, you know... He had some chances key, though this week. He had some key chances yeah. against Wolves that, you know, in his Villa days he would have put away easily. So I think he, if he gets the the time um, that he needs, 
to start performing well. I think it could turn into another Mara situation where maybe he has a slow start, but then just really turns into a another goal-scoring machine for them. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, just the positions he gets in, yes, m- maybe it's just nerves. Like, they're easy chances. You can obviously put them away. It's just in your head that maybe it's a little bit tough. So mm-hmm. I think it'll work out for him. Like, Pep always seems to bring out the best people. Like, I know I can, I can maybe Danilo is one that comes to mind that didn't work out, but for the most part, almost everyone he's brought in just turns into a superstar afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Grealish, like, came out of the gates flying, like, when he started, like, his first couple of games with City. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, if he, did he pick up an injury or a knock? Like, he missed a couple of games. Like, he I didn't think start like a, a few knock. games. Yeah. Like, like a knock. Yeah, so maybe that just kind of set him back. Because, like, once you get that momentum, like, once you start playing super well and, like, you get into, like, that form where, like, everything you touch goes in, mm-hmm. like, any little setback might throw you out of that, out of that trend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he'll like obviously I I think he'll come back. He's young enough. He's good enough that this little dry spell for him is not going to, you know, end his career. Obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. again, I don't know what happened today. He could have been a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, today. I'm not gonna say anything else. I'm just gonna watch the <laughs> we're just gonna watch the Leeds highlights. And just yeah. So yeah. So we're gonna go through the weekend hot the weekend um matches here and break it down, and then we're gonna watch in real time the 17 minute clip from the Zone Canada. Uh, we're gonna break down. And watch, yeah, in real time, what happened to City and Leeds games today. Obviously, we know their final result, 7-0 in favor of Man City at home to, to Leeds. Uh, but, yeah, I could be talking out of my ass right now saying that Grealish is shit. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> exactly. He's out of form. He could have put four away today. So, we'll see in a little bit. Um, yeah, it should be exciting. It'll be a real, a real natural <laughs> reaction. Um, speaking of Leeds, though, I mean, tough spot for them to be in. Yeah. The last two matches that they played. Mm-hmm. uh the game against Chelsea on the weekend, I mean, they played well enough that they deserved at least a draw, I'd mm-hmm. say. I wouldn't go as far as giving them the win, but taking um, taking an early lead against Chelsea, I mean, it's nothing to look back on. It's, yeah. it's obviously impressive to do, especially at, at Stanford Bridge, obviously a tough place to play. I thought coming in this game, um, Chelsea would have had Lukaku starting this match. Yeah. Um, just because he has been out of the side for so long. And, I mean, they had Champions League game, a Champions League game midweek against Zenit that he did start in, but uh, he was subbed off at some point. I forget exactly what minute he was subbed off, but he did play a little bit that game. He did score a goal, which is obviously good. Mm-hmm. But I thought he would really come into this game and, and put in like a full 90 at least, or if not that, you know, 70 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's what I look forward to the most in this match. But with Rafinha coming out there and scoring a PK uh, early on, it kind of put Chelsea back again. And this is not a uh, situation that Chelsea sees himself in very often mm-hmm. by giving up early goals and then just goals in general. Yeah. Uh, like you look at their goals against Tally this year so far, and it's obviously, if not top of the table, it's right up there. Yeah, that's in that plus 27 right now. Yeah, uh, goals against at 11. But coming into this game, they were you know, at 9. Uh, tied for best with Man City. So, uh, so again, it's Rafinha for Leeds, which I, we see that happening all the time for them now. Mm-hmm. Like, he seems like their talisman. He seems like their go-to guy. With Patrick Bamford actually out of the side now, he seems like the player that's going to get there and then, that get them their goals when they really need it. Um, I think he's probably up for a big team move in the, in the next year or so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. 
Um, yeah. I mean, he's like, it's like that Brazilian flair, right? Like everyone kind of like loves to have that Brazilian player on their team. Like Chelsea had William for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ramirez even like way back in the day. So I think teams really want to, like they love like just that little like style that they bring to the game. And for him at Leeds, he's a perfect fit. But I think his talent and his quality is actually good enough to get him out of Leeds. Yeah. Maybe it's not like a top, top side, but like, you know, like an Arsenal could take him. Yeah, I was going to say like an Arsenal or a West Tottenham. Ham maybe. Yeah, Tottenham actually would be like a really good spot for him to get him on the wing. Mm-hmm. Give some more um, some more service to, to Son and to Kane, who obviously needs it. Um, But yeah, Rafinha again for Leeds. Deserve PK, I think. Yeah. I think yeah all all around we think that. Yeah, and I think it's to Joe's point where it's like, why are defenders going down in the box when there's not like a whole lot of danger? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alonso with that tackle could have probably done better without with it without going to ground. Yeah, um, because you're just really asking for trouble if you're going to into a fifty fifty challenge and you're the defender and you're the one going to ground. Um, you're just asking for the forward to take a touch on the ball and then like go over you. Mm-hmm. So. Still not sure why it happens, but um, especially with v, uh, VAR being a thing, uh, you know it's going to get turned over if ref doesn't call it, and that's what, uh, you know, he made the call and then got confirmation that it was good. Yeah, it's just, it's an issue I always see. It's like, oh, there's no danger, <laughs> especially with the attacking players. Just in the weirdest spots, like, you know, we'll talk about, uh, talked about the Arsenal game. It's like just going down from behind on someone who's already in on the box, you know, not a ton oh, of danger. Last week with like yeah, Odegaard. Odegaard. Yeah. It's like why, <laughs> for what reason? I know it's like at a young age, maybe not young, but at a at an age where you start to play higher level of of footy, just jockey the player is what you're told. Jockey I know. the player, get goal side, shield him, don't let him get inside positioning, whatever it is. Alonso just. Dove in. Like, Everyone's mm-hmm. trying to win the ball in the box yeah, just the when it's not there. Challenge to be of all won. time for no reason. Yeah, I guess a player who's like stagnant. Like he, uh, it was Daniel James actually. He's a, he's a shifty player. He's a quick, a quick kid, but he was stationary at the position. Like at the time when Alonso dove in, mm-hmm. and then Daniel James, all he did was push the ball twenty yards ahead. Like, There's no way he was going to get to the ball. Yeah, but he just sensed. I think Alonso was going to dive in, so he just pushed the ball past him to try and get around him. If there was no contact, that ball's out for a goal kick, like right away. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. obviously, like Alonso just lunged in like a goof. <laughs> Drives me nuts. And but just, he, yeah, took James down. Alonso's one of those players too, where he's so inconsistent with me. Yeah, like he, I don't know if he's in this. Uh, he's in the side right now because uh, Ben Chilwell has had a thigh injury, I think, for a, for a few weeks now. And like it's starting to look better. Actually, I just read it's starting to look better than what it first initially thought it was going to be. Like they were thinking like months and months and months he's going to be out for, but he might be back um, just after the Christmas Christmas break, which is good. Yeah, it's good. But Alonzo, man, he, he, I think he might have like overstayed his welcome a little bit because like he's getting up there in age now, and like obviously he's slowing down and showing his age a little bit on the defensive side. But that being said, his attacking mm-hmm. quality really outweighs his defensive skills yeah and you know sometimes i wonder if um teams i wouldn't say value it more um i'm just saying where i think there is a place for a player like that you know maybe against leads it might have not been the best option that they would have went with just because of their uh attacking players um and all the pressure you would have got from players like james but 
you know, if they're playing against a team that they know is going to get sit, going to sit back, I think that's where Alonso would really shine because you know he has the freedom to go forward. But I don't know against like when you have players like James or Rafinha that have to come at you, maybe he's not the best option. Yeah, I mean, it's even with City and Jao Cancelo, it's like he's not great at defending, but City doesn't have to defend <laughs> too too often. Yeah, so you know, and like you know, even today. Alonso got the assist. I mean, granted, keep keep wasn't in the best spot oh, to no. deal with it, but it is what it is. Then, yeah, got a couple more PKs in the game. Yeah, Joe's just alluding to the Mason Mount uh, tying goal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Chelsea brought it up two two um, at halftime. I mean, not impressive from Chelsea's standards. I think this is a game where they should look at a, kind of like a bounce back from what happened uh, earlier uh, in the week against uh, West Ham. But nonetheless, it was one-one, and then yeah, the uh, the PK fun started to happen in Chelsea's favor. So Rudiger wins a PK in the first half again. Another a tackle from Rafinha. We talked mm-hmm. about him again. Um, initially deemed a corner kick by the referee, but Varcheck, I think official, I think um, positively changed it to a, a PK. Uh, Georgino does his you know Step signature thing. hesitation move and and uh, buries it in the back of the net. And from that point on, I think Chelsea was kind of in control. And then it was on, until the last 10 minutes in the match that leads uh, Drew Level once again. Uh, Gellerhart came out as a substitute, I think, just a few minutes before he scored in the 83rd minute. It's kind of just exposing Chelsea at the back a little bit in their in their defensive um, structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who the other defensive partner was for this match. It was it was Rudiger. It was it was Rudiger and. Um, Thiago Silva, who I think in the West Ham match was actually starting to show his age a little bit. Yeah. In the game against West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a player where you can't, like he's obviously a, a player that you can depend on just mm-hmm. based on his his quality and his um, his experience. But his physicality, I think, and like his fitness is coming into question a little bit now more than we thought it would. Mm-hmm. Like his biggest criticism when Chelsea signed him was, "Why are you signing this guy? He's like 35 years old. Like he's a defender. Mm-hmm. He's old. He's slow." Which that was kind of my initial reaction as well. But then in the back of my mind, I was thinking, "This is Thiago Silva on a free transfer. So yeah. whatever you're doing, it's not the biggest risk of all time. It's not like they signed him for like 50 mil and they, they you know, they're going to be tied to that contract or tied to that transfer fee. So by getting him on a free transfer, obviously that was pretty key." Yeah, and you look at the games that he plays most for Chelsea, and they're really high-profile matches. Like he was playing mm-hmm. in the Champions League final against City, he was playing in FA Cup finals against Arsenal, he was playing like the biggest games against City, Liverpool, United. So clearly, even though that these teams are obviously um, maybe outclassing him in obviously the age department and the speed, his experience I think weighs more on the. On, on the mind of Tuchel and the, when he says, okay, we need Rudiger and Thiago Silva for this match because mm-hmm. we like, I know that they can get the job done. Yeah. So that, I think he's kind of sacrificing a little bit of pace for um, like the skill set that he has just like by knowing what like, where to be on the field. All that being said, in this particular case against Leeds, I think he was caught off guard and I think he was beat mm-hmm. to the ball by Gelhart and that um, obviously proved costly and, and tie the game up that late in the match mm-hmm. yeah I mean I've always liked him 
I think he's a, like a good rock to have at the back. But like you said, if there's a very shifty, speedy team going against him, especially like a lead side like Rafinha going at you, it's, it is a little bit tough. But you know, we're picking picking chips off Thiago Silva's shoulder. I think it's a little tough to criticize him. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously being super critical because I'm a fan, right? I, yeah. I watch this team every single week. So I see how they play and I see more, um, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I'm more critical because this is like my team, quote mm-hmm. unquote. So I, I obviously I love the guy. I love that he's been on their team because he has proven it's like super worthy Yeah, the last season, uh, season and a half or two seasons. But there's just some cases where I see like okay like that was probably Thiago Silva's fault like that was probably why he yeah he maybe he wasn't in position properly or he got beat to the ball mm-hmm. but clearly that was all taken away just ten minutes later <laughs> <laughs> when uh, who earns the PK when Rudiger wins the PK yeah, yeah. once again uh, yeah really uh, questionable tackle by uh, by Leeds there I mean. It's one of those situations, kind of like the uh, the the ongoing discussion we're having tonight on why we have defenders or maybe attacking players doing defensive uh, or attempting to do defensive tackles in the box, where it's really unnecessary. Um, you know, if you're Rudiger, Rudiger facing away from your net, you just like kick him through the back of the leg in the box, <laughs> and you know the ref has no option but to give a PK. Just give kudos to Rudiger for being up there too. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Just, what are you doing? Like, he yeah, loves getting. He loves getting four. I think he gets a little carried away sometimes with his runs that he makes because he'll carry the ball from half sometimes and like try and beat three guys and take a shot on net. Yeah, like an old school Rudiger run. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> what are you doing? It's like a lot of time does not. I mean, I don't think he's ever scored like that. Um, so the majority of the time, it doesn't work out positively at all. Um, I can't remember if this was off a PK or something, or off a corner kick or something, and he just kind of stayed up on the field. I'm not totally sure, but I mean to have that big body in in the box, it's 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 a battle of men, right? It's mm-hmm. like you know two center backs against each other. You have to be a little bit more physical um, when you're dealing with a center back than you would with you know like a Mason Mount or a Pulisic. Yeah. So maybe that's what the defender was thinking, but what a rash challenge! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. just he he cleaned him out. Like he went right through him to get to the ball. Yeah, and I mean that's that's always a risky run when you have a player just trying to take down the ball and then you try and clear it through him. Um, you know, like we've just been saying, you know, you just got to jockey the guy. Uh, like Joe said, Rudiger is not going to turn and like bang one far post, right? When he said <laughs> that, I thought the Henri goal. Oh yeah, yeah well, that's what I mean. He's like, not. He's not Henri. Not gonna yeah, chip it out himself. Volley. He's the one ball. Yeah, flicks it to himself. Turns volleys top cheese. Like yeah, one of the great. Most of the of time, time, if you're in a good position and you're defending properly, they're not gonna score. And that's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> you know. Like just going back to the Alonso thing. Just get goal side, and just shield your defender or shield the person you're defending. Mm-hmm. Like it's just that's just common soccer practice like that's what we were taught when we we're like 12 13 years old like first mm-hmm. starting to get like actually like learn the game more than just timbit soccer like running around the ball and chasing it just get goal side mm. don't let him turn inside and just stand there and just like jockey the position yeah <laughs> this defender from lee's i think his name's clitch is his last name click just <laughs> cleans him out yeah. yeah like what are you doing yeah it's just really Really unnecessary, could have been avoided, but you know that's what makes a difference. 
Um, but, but why is this happening at the pro level? Like why? Like is it it's, just you know? Is, granted, is it, you know you're tired, you're mentally fatigued. Say, is it, fatigue? it is like you know if you if they'll look back, it's like yeah, you just you're jogging them. But like you know, you just get lost in the moment. You're not really sure where you are on the field. Just get lost. But like whenever you know? I like the Premier League is like the most professional of professional levels of soccer. Like you would think these players more than anybody would know what the hell they're doing. I mean, I always keep saying it. I don't understand how someone who gets like 60 million or like 30 million a year to play soccer every day and you can't hit the net from outside the 18 with minimal that's pressure crazy. that's crazy too. i i will never and i know like it's hard you know whatever it might be and they gotta shoot it hard because the goalies are really good but like still i mean de bruyne if de bruyne is outside the 18 with even a little bit of pressure i would expect it to be at least on net yeah 90 percent of the time it's just it's i've said it to santo for like years like I don't understand how pros don't hit the net every time from outside the eighteen. Yeah, it's just and like, weird. And like we're not tooting our own our own horns. But we like, we like, can't do it. But like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, we can, yeah, we can barely do it as it is yeah. with like our level of soccer. But it's, it just makes you think of like that disconnect between like quote unquote our level and the professionals. It's like if we're doing like if we're doing yeah. If it, I miss the net eighty percent of the time from outside the eighteen, like how come the pros how do can it we too? Doing it, too? It's it's, just, it blows my mind. And, uh, and they're playing on a perfect field. Like no excuses on the pitch. I'm not even saying score all the time, but like I, it it's net. crazy how much they like shoot it over the net. Yeah, it's like you should but be aiming low anyway. I <laughs> like, think <laughs> you know. I think the biggest disconnect with that is that they're also going as professional goalies. I, that's what I keep saying. Like they have to hit like crazy hard because like you know, I've the goalies are like top notch and you got to like yeah. snip almost all the time. But it should still be on net. <laughs> I've I've heard that. Like I mean. Like, like we're a bit biased because like we've scored goals before, so like we kind of know like how to score. Mm. Like, but I mean, a, a goalie that we've played against is like five foot eleven or six foot. Yeah, way different than like a six foot six goalie. I know we would probably never score. Who's like way faster than you would think? I mean, mm-hmm. bigger, <laughs> bigger body size <laughs> than you think. We played indoor, and we were playing the when we were on the engineering team in indoor. We were playing that team of lawyers who had this goalie from like I don't know a D one school. Oh yeah, and we could not. And he was so good, we could not score. Like no matter how good we, it was just not going. I mean, granted, yeah. the nets were like yeah. small nets, small yeah. nets. But oh uh, uh, yeah, I think honestly, it's it's probably a combination where you know you have all the added pressure of playing at the highest level, and then you know you have to like hit one of the best shots to beat a goalie from that far. So that probably has the most to do with it because you look at these guys in training and when they're taking those shots in training, they can, yeah. 99 out of a hundred of them are going in and are snips. Mm-hmm. So it's when you're in a game situation and you know, you have to beat the goalie and this might be the only chance. It's all the added pressure that just comes yeah. up and, and does it for you. Cause that might be yeah. the only shot you get all game. Yeah. It's probably right? it. It's not like a practice where you know, you're going to be able to take it a hundred more. We're going to go with that. I remember, I remember like 15 or 16 years ago, I was playing a tournament and our team was like pretty bad. Like we weren't very good, but somehow we made it to the final of this tournament that we were playing. And I think it was in, it might've been in like St. Thomas or something. I can't remember. It's just outside of London. And we played against a team from Mississauga and their goalie was like six foot four with a big, like Oliver Kahn jersey on. <laughs> Oliver Kahn. We were like 14 and this goal is like just massive. Like this is the biggest goal I've ever played against in my life. And it's like goals that I would have scored against goalies in our in our league. This guy was just like picking out of the air like nothing. 
Yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, how how do I score on this guy? Like, it was okay. Shot from outside the 18 yard box. It's like kind of going to the corner. He wouldn't even die for it. He just like, kind of shuffle over and catch it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that would be in nine times out of ten in our in our league here. Mm-hmm. And it just shows like the difference in quality and skill, obviously, and like just natural ability. <laughs> yeah. Being as big as some players are and some some goalies are. So yeah, it's like you do have to like kind of put in like the best shot of all time you would think to try and score on these goalies. Mm-hmm. But to Joe's point, these goalies might be the quote best of all time, but like you're also professional. <laughs> you're like, also De Bruyne. You're also like one of the best. <laughs> I always of all go back time. to De Bruyne because he's so good and just so accurate with the well, shots. What's he been like, doing this year? How do, he hasn't, he hasn't I don't this year. know. I mean, except for the Leeds game. <laughs> We're going to review at the end. You're holding this Leeds game over my head. Like it's. I know. <laughs> like it's like the biggest game of all time. Obviously, they went 7 0. So like something good obviously happened, but. Um, no, we'll get to it. We'll we'll get to it later. A <laughs> uh, little teaser for later on the podcast. Um, you know, another another match that was decided by a PK. One of another one <laughs> to discuss later. <laughs> one of the last two. <laughs> uh, United and Norwich. I mean, again, this is a match that I was able to watch the highlights of. I didn't watch the, the actual game, but from the match statistics and just from watching the flow of the of the game, I think. This is a game that could have gone literally any direction. Mm-hmm. Like I think, um, I think this is a match that could have finished, you know, four three on the scoreline mm-hmm. for either side. This is a game that could have finished nil nil mm-hmm. for either. Like obviously in the, in the final result, um, but United came with a one nil victory, kind of un underwhelming on the scoreline. Uh, I, I put in the notes here. I think, I think that teams are bad in the Premier League just because of their lack of finishing in the final third of the field. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's like an obvious statement. Like the more goals you score, the better you'll be. But it's just so disappointing to watch sometimes. Yeah. Just like, don't take your chances. When yeah. it's like, like again, like this Norwich game and Norwich is way at the bottom of the table. We know they're, they're a poor side. They're most likely going to get relegated again, but they had chances and chances and chances of this game to score at least one goal. Mm-hmm. And going with the scoreline, one goal would have been enough for a huge draw against yeah. a side that you're not expected to get any points from. And, yeah. and I mean, I think they even had chances that were good enough to win. I mean, De Gea made some pretty good saves again, but just quality chances that just go astray because it's just not good finishing and just sloppy play yeah. in the build up to the goals or the build up to the chances. Yeah. And it happens all the time. Yeah, and I think that's the frustration with a lot of fans, especially with teams that are at the bottom, where you know you get these clear cut chances and you're not taking them. But I mean, that's really what makes a difference and why you're at the bottom of the table because you're not taking your chances. And you know, every single goal is precious, especially when you're Norwich and you scored all of uh, eight goals. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that's brutal this season. So. Um, it's tough, right? I mean, you, you have to take your chances and that's, that's, what's going to keep you up or make you get relegated. Um, that's kind of how the Premier League's cruel that way. Um, the best teams stay up after an entire season and there's no playoff saving grace. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're running off three losses. Um, the last three games, uh, they're really going to have to turn it around. Um, if they hope to stay up. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really see a way out for Norwich. Like you said, like just team, <laughs> I keep saying this every week, hopefully Newcastle gets out, but like teams like Norwich, Burnley, Newcastle, like 
you know, I know Newcastle has the money now, so hopefully that's just one thing they have to do. Just go in January, find someone that can put the ball in the back of the net, and you'll probably get out. But that's, you know, you just got to find it somehow. You know, and I think even the coach has to say it's like, I've heard good coaches do this. They say, like, we're going to get one chance this game. Just defend well and score the one chance that we get. And that's how you play against big teams. Because you will get a chance against a team at some point. So it's just about defending and then taking your chance. Um, they did not do that, unfortunately. No, and the thing with that comes all the added pressure. It comes back to the pressure. Yeah, it comes back about. to the pressure. That's why you miss from outside the 18 when you go to yeah. shoot. Because it's the one chance that you're getting all game. Yeah, you're Norwich playing against Man U and you're running at the 18. And you're like, oh, I'm going to take the shot. And this might be the only shot we're going to take all yeah. game. <laughs> and then that's why you miss. Yeah, that's that's where all the added pressure comes in, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, but like you know, they had a few like you know, yeah, Pookie, Pookie here, like you know, hits. But then again, you have to you have to beat the Gea, who's in you know arguably the best form of his career right now. Yeah, that's um, a good point with the Gea. Yeah, like, I I've been a criticizer of him a lot, and he's shown up a lot um, mm-hmm. this season. He still has had his blunders a little bit mm-hmm. in some costly situations, but. More times than not, I think he's been kind of like the saving grace for this side. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked about it with Arsenal, obviously, like in Ramsdale. Like their goal differential could be a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's terrible right now. It's piss poor as it is. Oof. Yeah. Um, look at the actual numbers here for United. Yeah, we got uh, plus two for United and plus one for Arsenal. What's or the minus, minus one for Arsenal. What's the goals against for United? Uh, 24 See, goals against oh, United. That's bad. 26. Mm-hmm. 24 against 20, United and De Gea's playing well. 24 <laughs> against, yeah, exactly. 24 against puts in the bottom 14, I'd say, in, in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, Around that area. Yeah. And I, again, we've, we've talked about it before. That's just not a spot that we see United in like the statistics category be very often. But if not for De Gea, that could be up to 30. Yeah, it'd probably be like 32. Which, I mean, yes. that's with Leeds and Newcastle and Norwich in the bottom three. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's been playing well. He's been playing, um, I mean, arguably one of the better players this whole season for them. Yeah. I mean, they haven't had much of a standout player. Like, with, with Ronaldo coming back, that's obviously huge in many cases, like, you know, for merchandise and for just overall popularity of the side. Mm. But they haven't had much of, like, a standout player that you can look at and say this guy's doing really really well for them or this guy's the reason why they're they're yeah. in, you know in the top european battle still yeah maybe bruno like i know last year bruno was killing it this year maybe yes. not as much yeah. uh yeah it's tough i know <laughs> obviously ronaldo's carrying the team a little bit like what's like if we were to pick like a positive factor of why united is doing good this not good like why united's not in 10th place as opposed to fifth place like what what would it be i mean besides ronaldo i guess so yeah i mean De Gea, that's it yeah they probably have they would probably be you know four four or five points further back than they already are i would say without De Gea. and what i mean without dan i know ghost <laughs> without your two best players you'd be in like 14th but yeah i just um, mean like what's like the bright spot like what's the reason why they're in fifth and not in 10th yeah which i mean it's only separated by six points it's literally two wins yeah i mean like i said i would say De Gea and just ronaldo just bailing him out literally it's just been timely from ronaldo <laughs> yeah eh? mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's kind of one of those players that's always there, and he's he, it's why he is who he is. Um, when you need a goal, it's like we've talked about before, where it's if you if you need a goal in the 85th plus minute, uh, you want Ronaldo on your team. Maybe not Messi, um, but I would still take Messi over the course of the season. I think I would. Too. Well, actually, you know, I, I said I that. Too. I said that in the past. I've I've always leaned more towards Messi than Ronaldo. Um, my whole life. This is the first season where I've actually started to question that. Um, but they're just—they're at very different points in their careers, though. Not, not saying that Ronaldo and Messi are are different, like personally to where they are. But I'm saying, like, just in their actual like lifespan of their careers, they're very mm-hmm. different than what they were obviously five, six years ago. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's true. Five, six years ago, they were like the main piece of of a team. Yeah. Now they're just kind of like pieces of a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Like, yeah. like PSG's not looking at Messi for like the biggest impact of all time. Like they obviously have quality players. Where like Neymar is obviously not old, but he's getting up there in age, and Mbappe is clearly like the shining star of that team. But I mean, putting Messi into any side is going to make them better. Yeah, mm-hmm. putting Ronaldo into any side is going to make them better. But you're not looking at that person and saying like, we need you to be the best player like on our team like we need you to you know carry everything for our team yeah i think they're just i think they're there for impact obviously but i don't think they're like they're like the biggest i mean unless you're the the, the most reliant thing i mean in this situation it's difficult because like they're not looking to ronaldo to create chances i think they're looking for him just to score goals yeah that's why he's playing number nine which is you know now that you say that i do think messi in his prime I think is like, you know, the goat. Yeah. I mean, just take away who will like the, like better than Ronaldo, even though it's like two people on a separate galaxy than everyone else. <laughs> if we're looking at the four, two, two, two formation for United. But uh, I do think Ronaldo is going to be able to, you know, outlast M- Messi on a higher level. Yeah. You know, cause I don't think, you know, if Messi's, the way Messi plays, it's going to be tough for him to get, you know, 40 goals from, you know, midfield in the number 10 position. It's going to be tough as he gets older. He's not going to be able to do it. And he's not going to be a box striker at any point. I think Ronaldo, yes, he was on the wing, crushed it. And then he turned into like a number nine box striker and he's still crushing it there. So I do think, you know, next two, three, four years, Ronaldo might still be getting 40 goals where Messi's might just be, you know, you know, towards the end of his career. Um, just because the way they're built and like, you know, Ronaldo's like a six foot tall machine. Messi's not really like that, but doesn't take away from the fact that it's still Messi. But I do agree. I think Ronaldo right now <laughs> is showing what, like that aspect of his game that maybe Messi doesn't have just that <laughs> finding a scrappy goal in the box. Well, he's just in that position better yeah. than Messi would be. Like yeah. Messi's not going to go flying in for a, like on a cross. He's not going to go in for a header. Yeah. And try and win that, or he's not going to be on the six-yard box looking for a rebound. That's just not the way he plays. Mm-hmm. So, as the goals that Ronaldo's scoring, yeah, we see him on the score sheet just putting up, I don't know, five or six goals this year so far, whatever it is. But they're just not the goals that we're accustomed to watching him put away. Yeah, like we remember him cutting from the wing, scissoring two, three guys, and like ripping one far post. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen this yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, he's just but credit to it him. It could, obviously. He's it could. He's class. He's he's obviously like one, you know, like it's like the go like 700 goals this year. Yeah. 800 goals. What is 800. it? 800. 
That's crazy. Credit to him for just being like, I'm just gonna score in any way possible. But that's all you want. That's all. Yeah. That's what he's there for. Yeah. Like, like I said, he's not. He's not there to be the chance creator, big impact. We're gonna play through you all the time. He's there just to score goals. He's there because he has experience. He's there. He's there because he knows where to be on the pitch. Yeah. I'm just looking at the McFred in <laughs> the four two two two. The McFred? Yeah, I heard someone say that. McFred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo. The McFred. Yeah. I kinda like that. It's better than Fred Tomine. Fred Tomine is um, pretty good. Fred Tomine is pretty good. They're both really No, funny. I can't go with the McFred. <laughs> McFred. I think the McFred might change to the McDebeak pretty soon. <laughs> McDebeak? I think it should. I, I mean, think I think it was Max who said that. Shout out to Max. Yeah. The McFred. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, hilarious. Um, yeah, Mick DeBeek is also pretty funny. <laughs> I, just, I just think Fred is going to see his way out of the side. Yeah. Like, I know he scored last week in a huge crucial game, uh, a crucial time. Um, but I just think with Ragnick's um, style with, like, youth and playing more energetic players and giving them mm-hmm. more of a chance. Like, look at what's happened since he's been there and since um, – uh, Carrick took over. Yeah, Sanchez played every single game. I know they're probably getting there. Like, okay, you're and playing, they're, and they're turning around results. I know, and it was kind of cool to watch. Like, Sancho came off this match against uh, Norwich. I forget what minute it was, but then in comes Greenwood for Sancho. Like, that's awesome mm-hmm. to have like youthful players like that making an impact, and then just coming in and on for each other. Yeah, that's really that's good. that's awesome. Like, that's like, such a luxury to have. I can't. And then for... obviously, and then Van de Beek as well. Van de Beek comes on for Bruno Fernandez at some point. Yeah, like that. Like I you gotta love that. Looking at this, like who are you playing instead of Sancho? Like I don't even remember, and I don't remember why. It was Greenwood a lot of the time, or well, the formation was was different. Yeah, like it'd be Ronaldo as like a single striker, and then like Rashford and Martial, or Rashford and Greenwood. Yeah, um, Sancho wouldn't play that often. They have uh, they had Bruno Fernandez on the wing sometimes as well, yeah. which obviously wasn't his actual position. Like once the game got going, he kind of like shifted back to the middle. But it'd be like Ratchet, Ronaldo, and Fernandez kind of yeah. drop back. And then like Fred McTominay throughout. It was just a <laughs> Fred, weird. Fred McTominay. Mc, McFred, which I'm never going <laughs> to. Let us know in I'm the comment gonna... section your favorite acronym. Yeah, I'm never going to. McFred, Mick Van de Beek, or Van de Fred. Van de Fred's good too. <laughs> or go. Fred Fred Tominay? Fred Tominay. Fred Tominay is the other too. one. Um, but yeah, so Sando said, uh, he alluded to before, you know, you count Ronaldo to score in the 85th minute or so. This time it happened in the 75th minute. Um, he did have obviously some involvement as well. He won the PK. Kind of a softish call, I think. Mm-hmm. The ball was crossed in and he had a tussle with the defender from Norwich. Mm-hmm. He goes down the box. I believe another one that went to VAR as well for uh, just for confirmation. Uh, deemed a PK. Uh, he pots mm-hmm. it back in the net. 75th minute. And uh, it's kind of all she wrote. There wasn't many two, There wasn't too many chances after that. Uh, some scrappy play from Norwich, which you kind of expect to just try and get some last-minute uh, yeah. consolation out of the game. But another takeaway from this game that I'll say is that I, when I watch United play, which isn't very often where I watch the entire match, but when I do watch them play, I could go the entire game without seeing Lindelof at all. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> like, where, which is like, so strange. Like, yeah. Uh, the comment he barely gets the ball at his feet. Like when they play the ball back into the defense, it's usually to McGuire, then to Haya, then they build up from the back. I never hear his name get mentioned with the ball like in the back uh, of defense. 
I never see him in an attacking position. I never see him defend anything, really. <laughs> and I think he's just a clear, obvious person out of the squad yeah. once Veron comes back. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously, like with United having such a poor goal differential as they do, like we said before, having a, a minus 24 goals against, the defense is probably the biggest detriment to the team. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I think that's what Ragnick's going to try and like hound in on, uh, mostly when he comes into like full coaching of the side. Yeah. I mean, in the three games that he's been there, he's only allowed one goal against, and that was in a Champions League match against Young Boys. So he's had a 1 0 victory, a 1 1 draw, and another 1 0 victory um, yeah. this past weekend. I don't know if that's how they're going to always play, if that's what they're going to shoot for in their score in their, um, in the, in the line. But not conceding has to be top of their yeah mm-hmm. of their charts for for what they want to do the rest of the season yeah and honestly i do think he just from what i've seen so far i think he could be the guy for manu if things uh play out well um i just really like kind of the structure they're going with and i think if they can fill in those gaps particularly in the mcfred section of the field um that that I think is going to go a long way for them. So I I really do hope it works out uh, for him because right now there's not really a whole lot that uh, you can criticize him on and just based on what he's done in the past, still not a lot to criticize him on. So I do see him being the guy for Man U going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, we'll have to see how things develop and you know time will tell at the end of the season. I think if he gets him into Champions League, uh, there's going to be a lot of questions like, oh, why aren't you giving him at least an extra full season, giving him a summer to build the squad. Uh, I think it'll depend. If they do bring someone in, it'll depend who that is. If they br- I keep saying this. If they, if Ragnarok makes him at least competitive towards the end of the season to get in the Champions League, and then they let him you know, go into the other position he has there and sign like a Brennan Rodgers, I do think the Man U fans will feel a little bit hard done by It'll feel like a lateral move from um, Ole. Maybe not necessarily. I know um, Brent Rogers has coached some pretty high-profile Liverpool teams, but they'll want someone with like a cabinet of silverware to come in. He's coached high-profile high teams with Sausen 1. I know, and that's what I mean. It's Which is what I think they need to bring to the side. Yeah. And, like, Ragnick's in a... He's weird. It's a weird spot for him because he's never won as a manager but he's built sides that have been successful mm-hmm. in their own right. Mm-hmm. Like building, like we, like we talked about a few episodes ago, when he took control of RB Leipzig from, you know, from division three or whatever it was in Germany and brought them to the team that they became, which is now like a Champions League namestay in, in the Bundesliga. That's huge. Yeah. Like clearly that's, that's obviously massive. That being said, he's never still, he still hasn't won Mm-hmm. any hardware for, for his clubs that he's been manager of. Right. So maybe he is better from the executive role. And maybe when he's brought to United on that, on this like six uh, month stint that he's on as manager, maybe they do want to have him at the helm to try and change the culture while he's here as manager. And then it'll be his job to find the replacement. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he finds somebody from the Bundesliga who's been successful that, we just don't know about. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure who is even at Leipzig right now as manager. Mm-hmm. It could be some high profile person. I'm, I could be totally ignorant to that right now. I'm not totally sure, 
but someone that he knows of or someone that he's had his eye on in the Bundesliga that's been like a really good coach that's been, you know, keeping teams in line for years and he's been like always competitive. That could be a person that gets in there that we don't even know about yet. Mm-hmm. Because we always look at to like the Antonio Conte's and the and the Zidans and you know uh, uh, what was his name um, Ancelotti. Ancelotti, Ancelotti. Yeah. Like we always look to those guys as like the ones to come in and like save teams because they've won before and they're obviously high profile. And a high profile person like that would fit United's like you know mm-hmm. their persona. But it might just be someone who just can, knows how to win. Yeah, which is my, like, what they need. Like Simeone for Atletico Madrid. Yeah. He's never won anything before that. Yeah. Like as a manager. But he comes in with, with Atletico and he's just been like such a solid coach for them. And he obviously brought them to, you know, huge success in La Liga. Yeah. And he could be a guy that comes into United. I could see that. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if he'll he'll leave, but no, I don't feel leave either. But I'm just saying, like someone who's like we're not really talking about yet from like a super super high profile, or someone who's not even a free agent right now is in the manager market. Yeah, but somebody who we just kind of don't think about that mm-hmm. have just like been there for a long time and like shown success and shown that they can stay in a top two, top three battle for longer than just one or two seasons. Um, that could be a person that we see go to United. Yeah. Uh, in the future after Ragnick leaves after May um, to take over his executive role yep. with the club. Um, last match to talk about before our our live review <laughs> of this 17-minute <laughs> highlight pack and the match today between Man City and Leeds. It was the Liverpool-Aston Villa match. The Stephen G yeah. uh, returned to Anfield. I mean, obviously huge, huge for him. Super emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I I got chills watching watching him go back there. Yeah, that's honestly huge for him. Massive legend is an understatement. Yeah, he itself. was like yeah. he was he was Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, if you ever want to go on a deep dive of just like players' goals over the years, there's been compilations put together of Steven Gerrard's goals with Liverpool. Yeah, like, dating from like his very first goal to his 100 and whatever it was that he finished off with chills mm-hmm. like if just seeing him as like an 18 17 year old kid where a number like 44 for it mm-hmm. for liverpool it is so weird to see jared with like a number 40 something on it on the back of his jersey um he he climbed the ranks and he was able to become captain like really soon actually after he cracked the the starting 11 yeah mm-hmm. i'm not exactly sure on on how old he was but he was in his like early early 20s yeah and he's already liverpool captain yeah, like from Liverpool, born and raised. I think he was actually an Everton fan. I I think that was like the story. Yeah, I think he was like okay. an Everton supporter, like when he was growing up, and then he like signed Liverpool. Yeah, as a, as a youth. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, if you're trying to make pro, obviously you're gonna you're gonna take the chances uh, when you can, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just thinking about his entire career, like still remember him. Um. You know, with uh, AC Milan in the uh, in the Champions League Champions League final, um, yeah, it's just been legendary seeing him through a a big chunk of his career there at Liverpool. So, obviously, really emotional welcome, um, but didn't get the win. No, I didn't get the win. Another game that was uh, 
you decided, know, decided by the PK. PK. It's PK. hilarious. I mean, this is our fourth game, and this is our eighth PK we're talking about uh, involving the top four. Um, Mo Salah, 67th minute. Again, another PK that I believe was rightfully deserved. Yeah, yeah and I think just defender, just taking him, taking him down, going to ground, doing an unnecessary challenge. Yeah. They're not gonna show it in this highlight pack in this highlight package here, but um, I mean, again, it's this kind of goes to what we talked about earlier with the Man City, and it's like it's a game where on almost every level, Liverpool is like far and away, yeah, the uh, the dominant side, and another one 0 victory. I mean, it's it's kind of the way that we see it when you play against a, a side like Villa. Or a side like, you know, we talked about Watford before, even Wolves. Like that top 10, you know, top 13, you know, teams, mm-hmm. they don't bow down lightly, no. no matter who you're playing against. Yeah. Uh, whether home or away. And a side like Villa has been, you know, in the Premier League for a long time. And they've been able to to sustain themselves. And for them to be in the top 10 right now, um, that's pretty impressive, I think. Yeah. yeah, especially with losing Grealish. Yeah, huge. Like, I mean, you, clearly your biggest, yeah, your he's... biggest and brightest player for your team, the biggest goal contributor for your side. Yeah, last couple of seasons just gone. Yeah, so yeah, I mean they 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 picked up uh, three wins their last five games, uh, making their way into the top ten. Uh, so you know, I think fairly positive with them, and I think Jared's going to bring uh, a lot to the team. Um, you know, I. I think, you know, a big win for them is just going to be finishing in the top 10, um, especially with how uh, their season was going. Yeah, they when they fired Dean Smith, there were five wins, oh, five losses in a row. Yeah. yeah. Very and then tough. Jared, Jared came in and, and uh, you know, the, went against Brighton, went against Palace, lost against City, obviously, it's that's City. Mm-hmm. But then he beat Leicester and then, like, lost against Liverpool. So, I mean, their track record of losses since... Uh, the Jared hiring. I mean, you're losing to like the three, the two best teams yeah. in the league, uh, stats wise. Yeah, I mean, I keep saying it. We it'll be interesting to see what the table looks like after the Christmas break. Who sits where? Because that's it's always the clutch season. Games after games, and you know, trying to keep everyone fit and healthy, and then you know, they come out of it six games later after two weeks or whatever it is and it's just like what happened that's gonna be exciting podcast in two weeks oh yeah yeah we're, we're gonna like, we're probably gonna record like january 2nd which <laughs> would be like right at the end of all the uh yeah all the matches there in the in the christmas holiday you so charge your laptops yeah. for that one yeah. oh god we had to burn through two laptops for that, yeah. <laughs> for that yeah. one two separate recordings or something um so after the weekend the uh the table looked like man city at well, after the weekend, it was 38 points. One point ahead of Liverpool. Uh, two points ahead of Chelsea. So 38, 37, 36 was your top three. And then a eight-point differential between Chelsea and West Ham in fourth. So that was your top four um, for Champions League spots. Uh, followed by United and Arsenal, Tottenham. Tottenham's got two games in hand now. Yeah, because... Uh, they had one game canceled. Was it, was it the snow, right? Yeah, sn- too much snow. And was it another post game? Another game canceled for uh, I think COVID. COVID? Yeah, yeah. I say COVID. COVID's kind of hitting the England pretty hard right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone's taking their uh, their big precautions, and I think they might try and limit 
some of the games, they're going to reschedule some of the games. I don't know if they're going to have fans and they're going to have the games actually being played. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it's going to happen the next few weeks. Um, we'll see how that unfolds. But uh, no, we're going to go now into the the match that happened today, the you know Man City and Leeds game. It was a 17-minute highlight pack. <laughs> so uh, here, this is our live reaction. They're about to score. There's two minutes Ooh. in, eh? Like Grealish hit the shot already. <laughs> <laughs> Grealish is getting a hat trick. <laughs> you play, Do you know you who play? scores? I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know anything. No, I, neither of you. I, I don't, don't know anything about this game. I'm the only one. I sort of watched it uh, today, but I, you know, I was on and off, and then I just watched the highlights mostly. Oy. Oy. I just know that they scored a goal for every day of the week. Yeah, if everyone watched, we're just uh, watching the highlights on the zone. De Bruyne. Oh, 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 well done. See, why don't you oh, man. <laughs> Gotta take Bernardo of all people missed. Okay, De Bruyne should Six shot minute that. Bernardo shanking one and going wide. De Bruyne should have shot that. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Bernardo still was wide. Look open, at his positioning. It, Shoot that. Uh, but, you know, it's an open net. But I'm surprised he missed. <laughs> De Bruyne puts his hands up after. He's like, what the heck? <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> oh, hilarious. So Man U's playing a Man two or Man City yeah, playing not like Man U. I don't think Man U's going to be a team seven nothing anytime soon. No. Oh, what, oh, nice. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, Rodgers oh, is going through. <laughs> this <laughs> that <laughs> defender. <laughs> I don't know. Fifteen on Lee just shanks it. <laughs> it's coming right out. <laughs> Swinging a miss. That's going to be a misplays of the month. Yeah. Seventh minute. Foden scores just because <laughs> the Leeds guy. Oh, we got a fate. You too bad. <laughs> what is this best DIY gift whileabot.com we're not giving me free ads away yeah Get skip ad <laughs> um yeah what a shake what a cluster of just yeah good ball good for Foden yeah for getting Rodri gets Rodri. in <laughs> Rodri's <laughs> running in the 18 yard box almost takes out the keep and then this is hilarious <laughs> just a defender the goalkeeper got a touch on it yeah that screwed the defender up probably I don't know man I, I think you should low. deal with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like Shanking it. Just this angle looks like he's auditioning. <laughs> That's not, so not cracker funny. Ballet, the that, that high kick, the highlight from the back. That it's hilarious. <laughs> I feel bad for the Lester boss. He was like after the fourth goal, he's just like kneeling on the touchline, just like what is going on. Leeds boss. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Here so we go. Boy. Who's on the end of it? Boom. All right. Oh. There's one. He's going to go. That's good. You know, he's good. I, I wasn't even like, why was there a kid there? Greedo scores in the 12th minute. If anyone realizes, there's like, there was a kid just in the huddle after they score on the corner. That's hilarious. That's kind of awesome. Is it the ball boy? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Just some kid ran from the fans. Hey, he's onside, clearly. Not going to get tackled. I think they still got fine, though. Good for Grealish. Getting a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a good header, too. Man, City's a big team. Like they're not. They are as if I mean, as opposed. I mean, we talked before about having Gabriel Jesus and like Foden and Bernal Silva, but other than those three guys, like, or Sterling too, they're a big team. They don't mm. like their their defense is big. Like Laporte, Ruben, Rodri, they're all massive. They don't have massive attacking players. I guess outside of Jesus, uh, but they're outside. He's not as big it either. I know. I mean, he's kind Jesus. of he's. Not tiny. Because well, he's not five five. Yeah. But like they're mm. and I guess outside De Bruyne, but like Oh boy. Grealish is a decent size, but 
No, they're like <laughs> Ruben Diaz is like twenty three or something. Or that's yeah. crazy. And he's a massive. He'll be there for his career. Probably. Oh, excuse me. Who? Yeah, Zinchenko's playing. It's real surprising, yeah. but I saw that today. He's he was playing too. Yeah. Oh, what a ball! Yeah, good ball. And just blink. In the net from De Bruyne. Yeah, there first minute. Tough there angle. It is. Finally, he's getting a goal. Yeah, I know. That was a good I know ball. he's been run. out this season a bunch because he's been injured, and he's a, he's the kind of player you don't want to rush back too soon. Like you mm. obviously want to have him in your side almost all times. Yeah, I mean, so it is good to be cautious with him. And but with the team you have, like you don't have to risk right, it really. Right, which is crazy to say. He's I like, know you don't have to risk playing De Bruyne. Arguably one of the best players in the world. Yeah, but when finish. he's when he's on though, man, he's really yes. really good. He just score like yeah, like, his angle. Yeah, it's <laughs> just crazy. Like I can't even I can't really compare him to anybody I've seen. Mm-mm. I mean, midfield wise, like they, I, I'd even go back to like, the Lampard, like, like Steven Gerrard, maybe. Just a player who can score from the midfield, but also like just a huge factor as well. Yeah, like we talked. Yeah, we talked Gerrard earlier in the season or in the podcast how his career at Liverpool like really. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's easy balls. Yeah, uh, his career at Liverpool is really um, like legendary, obviously, and like he just, as opposed to scoring as many goals as he did, he like what he just did for the club, and he put his entire like heart behind the club. Mm-hmm. You don't find many players like that anymore, and like I don't think De Bruyne is gonna like really be like that for Man City, like where he puts his whole heart and soul into the team. Like obviously he loves being there, but his impact is like. No other two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, like when he's playing and he's on, he easily could win like Ballon d'Or. Yeah. If they have a successful season and he's like hugely impactful for them. Yeah. Like he's that quality of player. If anyone is ever going to win the Ballon d'Or except Messi and Ronaldo at some point. <laughs> just, I love how... Which I mean, we could talk about this season. Like, we, like I don't think Messi should have won this year to be honest. I, didn't he even say that uh, Lewandowski should have won? I mean, it's so weird. Like the one year Lewandowski always should have won, there's COVID and they just don't do that year. <laughs> Like Barcelona what? didn't do anything. I know. It's so weird. Barcelona had so, their worst season. So many politics. Oh, this is crazy. Barca had their worst season in I know. Messi's and they tenure. gave it to Messi because he won the Cup of America. And it's like, okay. But like Jorginho won oh. Champions League and Euro. And Euro. So it's like that's obviously better. So if we're going off <sighs> that, then like what the fuck? <laughs> that's sad. I know. And again, like <laughs> It doesn't obviously take away from Messi and who he is. Like we know who he is. I need, yeah. But you have to look at it on a per season basis as opposed to your status yeah. and like who you are. Yeah. Oh, that just makes me sick. Could it skip a goal? <laughs> no, uh, it's three no. I don't think so. Grealish. De Bruyne. And Foden. Foden on the first one. Yeah. Oh yeah. The swing and a miss. Right, Santos yes. leaving there. Miss. Yeah. Gundogan comes on. Who did Gundogan come on for? Swing and miss from Santo right there. Came on for. <laughs> not sure. Uh, Gundogan for Foden? I'm not sure. Not Silva? Yeah, it looks that way. Oh, yep, back here. Silva. Um, <laughs> honestly, City. To be honest, I think City. Nice at ball. their best is the best team. Yeah. I just don't necessarily think they reach it. Austin, that's a soft goal. <laughs> Mara scoring celebrated. in the 48th minute. 
yeah, really. Uh, this, this is one of those days for the Leeds where <laughs> everything goes in. Just well, you come off a crushing defeat like they, they did against Chelsea. Yeah, where I mean they they played well. I I don't think they should have beat them, but they played good enough to at least get a positive result and a draw out of that game. Yeah. So I think to get a, a crushing game like that on the Saturday, and then come back here on the Tuesday, only on two days rest, two full days rest. Yeah. To go against tough. Man City of all teams. Very tough. Your mind has got to be all over the place. And there's Marcelo Bielsa. <laughs> just the just crushing down on the ground. Just, just, yeah. yeah. You know, what is at, Fig Jam? No free ads, Joe. I don't know. I think we're we're looking for a whiteboard tool at work. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, he I say no free ads, but if you guys want to come on ads and sponsor our podcast. Yeah, if anyone's got stuff. <laughs> I'll sponsor anything. Yeah. <laughs> anything. Anything. Yeah. Oh, that was oh, nice. like a Rodri smash. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah, it wasn't actually. One time top corner again. We've seen that a couple times this season. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Flare behind the wall. And oh, good save, Millier. Millier, yeah. just the. <laughs> I thought he was going to be good last season for Leeds. I thought he was going to be like a real up and coming sick goalie that we might see sign somewhere else later, or just kind of be one of those guys like Fabianski. Yeah, who is <laughs> who is just really impactful for your side, no matter like what your side is. Like if you're a you know a top five or a top ten, yeah, you just have like a good keeper. But he's shown his positioning's some, off. I mean, even there. Yeah, he's shown sometimes, just, you know, especially this season here where Leeds in entirety has had a down season Yeah, compared to how where they were last year. Like last year, I was tuning into a lot of Leeds games just because, you know, they always played tough and they like they to score. And Millier was actually a pretty solid keeper. But now this season, they're just, mm-hmm. you know. Unlucky here, though. All the things I just mentioned, they were just doing poorly in. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, 55th minute off the post from Leeds. Like I said, you got, you're going to get one chance. You got to score your chance, even though it wouldn't yeah, have. Uh, no, that wouldn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. Fernando Fernandinho for Rodri. Yeah, it's like <laughs> swap one like one defensive midfielder for the other best defensive midfielder. Swapping God for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I honestly do think, like, Fernandinho, I know Fernandinho doesn't play a lot because Rodri, but they're probably the two best holding midfielders outside of, uh, Con- well, really, Conte doesn't even play that role anymore. Yeah. He plays, like, in front of Jorginho. He's just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Tuchel's like, well, you can run everywhere, so we'll just put you up there so you can just run box to box. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, That's what I mean, just, like, that last, that late, fifth goal, gag- that whatever. fifth goal was work ethic. I mean, um, this is offside, so it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay, so I <laughs> yeah. thought... I but it would have been, yeah. But that's just work ethic that Pep... Uh, that's not offside. Yeah, this was um, right here. Pep instills <laughs> into his side. Yeah. Like Grealish coming back from nowhere, winning the ball back in the midfield, turning up field right away. I mean, nine times out of ten, they can do that and score. Yeah. Unfortunately, offside. I've never seen this referee before. Yeah. It's a young yeah, he's like, just a young outside. He's like a toe offside. <laughs> the Leeds guy was doing this all game, just kneeling. On the sidelines. This is literally a toe. Wow. I mean, it's a foot offside. So, literally a foot. Act- well, that's happens. why players don't play it across nowadays, right? Well, I think most do. Well, Seems that's Man City's bread, bread and butter is playing that. Yeah, that's, that's that's how they get all their oh, goals. Oh boy! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> De Bruyne <laughs> in the 61st minute. Just <laughs> talk, for all we talk about. 
Yeah, why can't they hit the net outside the 18? So um, Joe knew this game was happening. Yeah, and I just set you up for making this <laughs> Joe sewered the hell out of me in this game. In this, in this podcast. Just talking about Grealish and scoring outside the 18. Should have known. I should have like picked up on that. De Bruyne with like. But that's what I mean. I don't see how it's I mean, granted they're up for nothing and it's like, oh no pressure, like we're gonna win. So that goes into it a lot. I'm gonna stop this actually in a second. Oh, I gotta go back one minute. Yeah. Just crazy. Ball watching. Yeah. Like, just so like, I just paused this. If you guys want to do the same thing, I paused this highlight package from the zone Canada. 17 minutes, 13 seconds long video. I paused in the 12th minute and seventh second. It's a behind the camera uh, view of this goal. There's six players from Leeds ball watching Gundwan right now on this play. Yeah. And De Bruyne is wide open. <laughs> <laughs> this just, They're like, all just on. looking at De Bruyne. This and... goes to show like just the <laughs> difference in, you know, tactics and player awareness in the different sides that we see that really separates the top from the bottom. Yeah. Or top from the middle, however you want to however you want to word it. Yeah. This is terrible defending. Yeah. No, like all like no one sixes and sevens at the back. De Bruyne's open. <laughs> Grealish can be slot slot in. Like I don't know if like we're reiterating what was already said, but like I, this had to be broken down from after the game by some pundit somewhere. Yeah, because mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. Yeah. At this point, the match is already five nil. I'm sure Leeds already feels defeated. I mean, it's three nil at halftime. If they don't feel dejected by that point, then this game is like by this point in the game, it's just you know, they're probably feeling nothing. Mm-hmm. But literally six players. Ball watching Gunawan <laughs> and De Bruyne's just wide open in the middle of the pitch just to receive yeah. the ball. Yeah, and then he does. <laughs> and that's why when you have time and you, when you give De Bruyne time. When you have time, for De Bruyne time space and it's so like, wide well, open. Wide and then open. they turn around and they're like, oh, De Bruyne's there in the middle of the field. And that's what you do when you just rip. Yeah, him. just all the time. In the, I guess that's the difference, right? He had, he literally had all the time in the world. So, jeez. Uh, yeah, I saw it from the first. Angle. Just they're all like he's so open. I noticed like, like when we were watching it live. I noticed why like, like who who's their sentiment? I don't know why he's getting dragged over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just wide open. Like what? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Just all the time and space in the world just rips it. Jeez. And then obviously the shot was just... Yeah, I mean... Like, you still like, got to finish it after. Yeah, I was going to say, like a defensive breakdown like that's one thing, but you still have to finish it on a... Millier was any... caliber goalkeeper. Millier's just peps pumped. <laughs> Millier's not even close to it. At that point, as a goalie, like, do you even try? Yeah, do you even try? <laughs> like, well, the Bruins shooting it as well. Like, I love that when they when the goalie gets scored outside the box, they put their hands up in the air, like, you should close that guy down. It's like, well... He's thirty yards out. You should make the save. Yeah, I mean that okay. one. That one in particular, probably not make the save because it, it was a wicked shot. But yeah, yeah. I, I find that funny from the goalkeeper sometimes. So you got to close that guy down. It's like, well, he shot from thirty yards out. Yeah, I can make an appearance. Here we go. That's good. Oh, and they just wide open. <laughs> oh, I that one in. Yeah, Mara's missing a chance. 69th minute, right foot. That's what's Mares his right foot so oddly good. Uh, yeah, he, that was going wide though. Yeah, I think he should. He was missing bit. the net. Fernandinho. Fernandinho. I don't know. Fernandinho's on the way. 
Oh, nice save. Do, Keep there, nice save. Double save, and then it goes in. <laughs> Who is that? John, John Stones <laughs> in the box. Seventy third minute. Oh my gosh. Jesus. Two. I mean, two good saves. Probably like, man, I can't do anything. Like good save off the header for starters. This was a good save. Yeah. Just, just, all the times I le- line one up with his <laughs> left foot. Look at all, that. I meant like they're just sitting there. No one's closing. No one is closing at all. Just John Stones had two bites at it. And like I know we're making fun of Leeds right now in this game in particular. And I just gave them praise in the last game against Chelsea. But there is a reason why they're in 16th place mm-hmm. with 32 goals against. I mean, take this seven nil game out of it. There's 25 goals against. That's that still is in the bottom five of the of the table mm-hmm. in goals against. Let's say, but you gotta be better than that. And I yeah. know at, at these points of the game, like you're deject, dejected, like I said, and like you're you're giving up on the play. But still, like yeah. you gotta have some fight. You gotta show something. Yeah, like, you gotta get some damage control too. Like, yeah, yeah, just like keep you gotta it tight. Take something out of the game. Yeah, just like hey, like yeah, you're two, three down. Just after you go three down, it's like hey, just defend. Let's just defend. Yeah, and frustrate them, and then you know we'll try and nick a goal late in the second half, <laughs> get some momentum, because that's all all you really need. You just gotta defend, nick a goal, and then it's like okay, now we have the momentum, and then see if you can get one or two more. And then you, at least if you lose 3-2, at least you can take something positive out of the game. That's what I mean. Or even like making incentives, okay, which 3-0 at halftime, no more than three. Yeah. Like we'll come out of this game, if even if we don't score, yeah. don't let another goal in. Like you have to look and set a goal for yourself. And maybe yeah. they, maybe Bielsa did that at halftime and his team just didn't get it and they didn't care. And yeah, like you said, maybe fatigue does play a part into it. Um, I think they're playing you know, a pretty similar lineup to what they normally line up with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Daniel James, Rafinha is still there, Roberts, Jack Harrison. Like These guys are all you know, their main guys that are playing up front, um, and I wouldn't see a reason why they would change their, their back line or anything too. So maybe these are the same guys that played against Chelsea and their fatigue is just sending into it, but, man, you got you to gotta show some fight in yeah. something. Yeah, you just can't give... Anyone. I mean, I had two shots on that. Two shots he had all that time. Just line it up. I mean, fifteen shots against. You're you're rolling at a, almost a half, like a fifty percent clip on mm-hmm. shots to goals against. Mm. It's not very good. Hey, the minimalist belt. Not yeah. very good ads. Sounds like that belt. Yeah. Nice. No free ads, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the Ake goal. Yeah. Very uh, soft. Yeah. I mean, how does it travel that far and there's three people? Dude, because there's five guys from Leeds on the far post. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look, if 14, wants to see this. 1443, look at where Ake is. Look where the Leeds defenders are. <laughs> and that's where he headed it far post. And this is my favorite that, highlight pack of all time because I'm actually like able to break it down. Like, no. This, like, <laughs> no, no. this is so many of them. It's hilarious. I've never seen them before in my life. No. There's five defenders from Leeds on the far post. Well, it would have been near post, actually, from where the corner was taken. All inside the six-yard box. Defending nobody. <laughs> that's And that's where the header went. And it still went in. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, did it, did it, well, this is hilarious. Lie. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there's zonal marking, but how did no one get ahead on the header? <laughs> oh, oh man. Like, Good for Aki, though, getting... Uh, yeah, just getting in there. I mean, yeah. like, what? <laughs> Crazy. 
That just looks so funny. I mean, how did that go in? I don't even know how it traveled that far. And like, Millier was fully stretched. Mm-hmm. Not sure. How no one on the far post, there's five bodies there, gets a touch on it. It did not go that fast. That's weird. This is a Look, weird turn. Turn them, yeah. Like, what? Oh, Rafinha. Yeah, Rafinha felt like, I don't know. That's just funny. That's a, that's a mm-hmm. funny screen screen grab. Powerful header though, getting up. Yeah, like, putting a far post. So I feel so bad for Lee's coach. Look at him. Terrible. I think he's he, he's like he a cool better. guy too. He expects better. I mean, he's yeah. a, he's a very demanding coach, and we've seen it last year with Leeds and how they performed. Yeah. Um, they showed themselves that they could play, and I and I think maybe also last season they were kind of, um, able to take their take them coming up into the Premier League kind of to their advantage that like no one really watched them play maybe mm-hmm. like there wasn't much footage obviously every every game is available for game film but maybe they just took some players lightly last season and like some other guys over overachieved for leads yeah and they just some other teams did not defend properly or expect how they're going to play so surprise some teams but this year I mean clearly they're figured out yeah and they had such a down year now. Which, which is sad, like which a big is sad, side. Yeah. Oh, huge leg- legendary in, in, in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, thankfully it was only seven. Could have been only could've seven. Been, who knows? Been a little more. Yeah, like we said, fifteen shots on target. Um and but like the saves that Melier made though, there weren't like really many Ooh. like goal stopping saves. They're kind of the ones that are, you know, right at the mm-hmm. body, which count as a shot on net, obviously. Maybe they could have been. It could have been eight <laughs> instead of seven. Feels mm-hmm. <laughs> so bad for I love this coach. I feel so bad for him. <laughs> like, yeah, what? Yeah, I mean, you never want to see that. That's it, it's one of those things too. Like where, you know, even like when we were playing when we were younger, they're saying like you know fair play, be honest, like don't run the score up. This is the season where you have to run the score up. Yeah, could come down to goal differential. Exactly. Being as tight as it is, like I said, the top three, I mean, with Man City playing today, they've played 17 matches, and Liverpool and Chelsea both at 16. Um, so they have the one game in hand. But what's well, so Chelsea and Liverpool have the one game in hand. But um, let's say let's just say Chelsea and Liverpool win. It's only separated by one and two points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the goal differential is only separated by, you know, two three goals here and there like how we want to look yeah. at it yeah so like you have to put away your goals i know i mean that was huge for them what that was massive for 26 do i don't know i can't do math but like 24 24 before now they're right next near liverpool you know at 31 huge yeah. look at the disconnect between the top <laughs> three to everywhere else. i know it's so yeah, it's like massive um just this massive That's gross gaping hole of <laughs> where the quality is crazy that is crazy mm-hmm. um matches upcoming so like we said before uh midweek there's some games uh taking place right now the there was a game supposed to be played today it was actually brentford and manchester united that game got postponed due to covid protocol uh, i'm not sure if there's an outbreak on both sides or maybe some guys were getting it and they were just trying to be precautionary i'm not totally sure so we'll see how it plays out for the rest of the week um but tomorrow as it stands there's still some uh game scheduled 
biggest match uh, for tomorrow would be Arsenal and West Ham. Uh, three o'clock match. That you know, it's number four versus number six in the in the table, only separated by two points in favor of West Ham. So clearly, that game is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's it being played at? Arsenal could jump to top four with a win. Match mm-hmm. being played at the Emirates Stadium at our, for uh, for Arsenal. So yeah, very another game, game London Derby, always big. Uh, I mean, we've we've talked at length about Arsenal this this podcast. Um, since the creation of the podcast, like 15 episodes ago, mm-hmm. very different dynamics from when we started the pod yeah. talking about them to what we're doing now. Uh, so if, let's see if they can keep that rolling. And then for Thursday, there's three matches. Uh, it's highlighted by Leicester City and Tottenham. Tottenham's got actually a lot of games in hand because they had a couple of games that were canceled for the snow that took place uh, mm-hmm. a couple weekends ago in England. So I think Tottenham actually only played 14 matches this season so far, which is the lowest out of every Premier League side. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just say that they win those two games. They're sitting at 31 points. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right in that fourth place spot. Yeah. Which we didn't see Tottenham being in there at all. I know. Under um, under Nuno when he was still there at the helm. So Antonio Conte has really turned the side around. Again, uh, some positive results since he's been there. Three wins in a row in Premier League. So... He's going to try and keep that trend rolling against Leicester, who just keeps sliding and sliding. Um, being really inconsistent this year, Leicester City. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very, very strange. I mean, last year it was like, I know they didn't call for Champions League, but they were in the top three for the longest time. So, very, I mean, I think, you know, every team has their off offseason. Um, I think they're going to give Brendan Rodgers the benefit of the doubt. Even if they don't qualify for Champions League or get near the top four, they'll give them another year probably. But we'll have to see. I mean, who knows? I mean, I could say that, but tomorrow, like, I don't even know anymore with how quickly managers swap places. But yeah, and like in Leicester's standpoint too, like they've had such a solid run the last couple of seasons because of that success that they had when they won the title. That is like they almost like expect now to be in that top four battle all the time. Mm-hmm. But they're really showing their roots now, and like they're not really a top four team. Mm-hmm. Like they have all the capabilities. They have like the raucous crowd at the King Power that are always behind them. They have the big name manager and Brendan Rodgers. But now those players that really got them to that level are fading off. Yeah. Like Vardy's Vardy's still putting goals in the back of the net. Like he's mm-hmm. I think he's number two in the goal scorers this season behind Mo Salah. But he's not the Vardy that was putting away thirty. Yeah. And he doesn't have Amaras alongside him. Mm-hmm. And then Angola Conte in the def- in the midfield. And like a Danny Drinkwater who had like just an emergence when he was there at Leicester. Mm-hmm. What's he doing? He's with Chelsea, but I, th- I don't even know where he's playing right now. I think he's on loan somewhere still. Yeah. But he's still under the, the Chelsea, um, you know, books. roster or whatever, yeah. under the books. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Chelsea, they play Everton on Thursday and Liverpool, Newcastle. Not looking good for my Newcastle mm-hmm. uh, going up against second place side Liverpool. Um, but we'll see how they make out on Thursday. And that wraps up the uh, the midweek games on the weekend. Uh, biggest match, I'd probably say Tottenham-Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. Taking place Sunday. We'll um, see. I mean, that could, that, that could be a juicy one. If Tottenham win, it'll yeah. be like, that'll put Tottenham in a pretty good spot. And then Liverpool, I don't know. Could be yeah, interesting. That would be a good test for, for Antonio Conte and how they set up because he... Like I said, with the Italian side in him, he kind of prides himself on defense and like getting yeah. more structure in the side. And other than Man City and Liverpool, like there's no other biggest test. Yeah. 
So we'll see how um, Antonio Conte can can come off against the Leicester game, which again is another side that's all about attack, I think. So we'll see how they do against uh, Leicester on Thursday and then come up against Liverpool on Sunday. Um, just to round out the top four, Chelsea and Wolves, Man City, Newcastle, and Man United, Brighton, and West Ham, Norwich. So maybe Norwich will probably get another win. Sorry, West Ham will probably get another win, which will help their um, help their efforts to stay in the European uh, Champions League spots. Yeah. Santa was fucking choking. Why did kill my outro, Santa? You almost yeah. <laughs> almost lost it there. Choking on West Ham. You good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> All right, we good, guys? We're good. Good. All right, I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. Um, as always, you can catch us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You guys know where to look. Sporty Fans Podcast, P-H-A-N-S. Um, that's it. We will catch up next week, well, on the weekend, after all of the week's action. See you, everyone. Bye, everybody.